Rooster Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. It is July 20th, 2021, and welcome to episode 73. Well, this weekend marks the third race on the calendar for the H1 Unlimited racing season. They will once again return to Tri-Cities, Washington, or Hydrotown as they have deemed themselves, for the Columbia Cup. It was a sad year last year, no racing occurred, and I know a lot of the fans around the Tri-Cities area and on the H1 circuit missed racing in Tri-Cities. It'll be exciting to see the boats back on the water there. It's always a warm welcome for the fans and for the teams over in Tri-Cities because they love their hydroplane racing in Kennewick, Pasco, and Richland, all three cities there. And it's going to be a fun-filled weekend. The episode today, I want to preview the races. I want to talk about and break down what we're going to expect to see this weekend. And let's preview what's going to happen in this year's running of the Columbia Cup. Well, first of all, I have to say... The Waterfallies, which runs the the race, the organization over in Tri-Cities that is really responsible for putting on the Columbia Cup, has to be commended. And they have done such a great job of making sure this event was going to happen this year. It was in question, it was in questioned, I think, a little over a month ago if, if, if this was going to happen or not. Because of COVID restrictions, Seafair was canceled this year back in late April. It wasn't too long after that that the Columbia Cup was announced to be postponed this year. But with COVID cases in decline, the state started to open up again. And with a really short window, the Waterfallies said, hey, we're going to have a race. It's going to be restricted. It's not going to look the same, but we're going to have boats on the water and planes in the air. And they're making this happen. So I really have to congratulate the entire team over there, the Waterfallies, because this shows how dedicated they are to hydroplane racing in the Tri-Cities area. They truly are Hydrotown, which I said before, they have deemed themselves <laughs> as their title. And Kathy Powell, which is, she's been the leader for many years over in, in Tri-Cities and the Waterfallies. And I've heard nothing but great things about her her push for the Heisman races over there and making a great show. Just got to say, can't say enough about that team over there, making sure this race happened on really short notice. So the field for this weekend's race looks like it, there will be an extra boat on the water. We will have an eight boat field. I did reach out to some teams if they would be in attendance this year, I think because of, COVID and issues with sponsorships. We're not going to see as many boats this year. It will be an eight boat field. Unfortunately, the go fast turn left racing organization, which came out with a new brand new boat in 2019. They will not be in attendance this year. They're going to save their equipment and gear up for a stronger 2022 race season, but hopefully that will make sure that they are ready for a great 2022 season. But the lineup for this year's Columbia Cup looks like it will have 
all of the the boats that were on the previous two races on the circuit. So we're going to have and expect to see the U1 Miss Goodman Real Estates present Home Street Bank, the U8 and U9 Strong Racing Team with the Miss Tri-Cities Racing and the Pinnacle Racing as well. The U11 J&Ds, the U12 Graham Trucking, the U40 Beacon Plumbing, and the U440 Bucket List Racing. So, the eighth boat shouldn't really be a surprise for those who have followed the circuit for the past five or more years. The U3 Ace Ace Griggs, the U3 Ace Griggs entry will be there. That is the only non-turbine-powered boat in the field. In the past four or five years in racing, in H1 racing, the U3 Cooper's Express or Ed Cooper's team, they've chosen to only go to Tri-Cities. I know that's mainly because of the sponsorship that they have in agreement with that local Ace Hardware store, Ace Griggs Hardware. So thankfully for us, we'll be treated to see that boat once again. Uh, It's always fun to see the Turbinator, as they call it, and see that wreck havoc with the other teams and see them play along and, and see what they can do. It'll be fun to see them out. I'm hoping that they'll have a strong weekend. And I know they're prepared. They've been working on their boat throughout the winter, and they've been posting some pictures here and there. So I know they've got some bullets ready. But that'll be fun to see them out on the circuit once again. It was announced for the race. Well, I don't know if it was announced, but it is on the website. And I've seen multiple sources say it's going to be four heats of racing. And again, since they've had that gold cup there, I think it was in 2014 in Tri-Cities, they've had four rounds of racing in Tri-Cities. They usually have two on two heats on Saturday, two heats on Sunday, with the final at the end of Sunday. And they're going to do that once again this year. So there'll be four rounds of racing, which is different than the racing we've had in Madison and in Gunnersville. And usually the, the gold cup has an extra round, but they only ran three rounds over in Madison and three rounds in Gunnersville. So what does that extra round mean? Well, there'll be more racing on the water, which is great for the fans. But teams are going to need to pace themselves to last the river. The Columbia River there, which I race on, it's a fast river. Um, it's not typically too rough except for that first turn. It does get really rough in that first turn as the wakes cross the current of the river. And that can be pretty treacherous in that first turn there. Not quite the same as in Madison, but it still is does get somewhat rough in that corner, especially when you get more boats on the water, which we will have this weekend. So in previous years, there's been some boats that have needed to withdraw because of that, because of damage occurred in the weekend the and the three ace griggs or the turbinator uh, the past few years they've had to withdraw on sunday because of strut damage or hull damage so i'm hoping that that won't happen this year and they'll be able to last the day save their equipment for the final and give it hell in the final which i know is their goal Also, in the other two races, the eight, both strong racing entries, the eight and the nine have had issues with hull damage. Um, In Gunnersville, the nine went through rooster tail and broke some, broke their wing and cowling and some other pieces. They were able to fix it up in time and finish 
and finished the day. They, they actually finished second place in the final there. In Madison, the following weekend, the eight had worse damage. They spun out and they actually ripped the bracketry and some of the fiberglass apart, but held together the skid fin. So they had to withdraw. I know they're ready to go uh, for this weekend, but I'm hoping that they can have a weekend without having to repair themselves and they can make it to the final unscathed. It's going to be hard to do with that extra round. It doesn't sound like it. It's only, what, three more laps of racing. But in hydroplane life, that is a lot to ask. So I'm hoping that these teams will be able to go to the final heat unscathed and make it there uh, in one piece so we can have a great final heat of racing. Don't forget the the J&Ds, the 11, actually incurred some sponsor damage in Madison as well. We were able to repair it in time to make the final, but it's been tough on the boats so far this year. Half the field have, has occurred damage throughout the race day uh, before the final heat even started. So it'll be inter- interesting to see how the boats will do with the heats of racing, uh, with an extra heat of racing, and make it to that final heat or not. But wouldn't that be nice to have a full seven boat field in that final heat? with a Turbinator on the front line, all of the Top Guns on the front line. That's my hopes. I just hope that can happen. But it will be nice to have that extra round of racing this weekend. I know it's something the fans deserve. For this weekend, on qualifying, the course on the Columbia River, it's a two and a half mile course. It's a fast qualifying course. We've seen many marks be broken on this course. I remember Chip Hanauer in the 80s was the first to qualify over 150 miles an hour. He did that on the Columbia River in the Miller American. There was other qualifying feats that occurred there. And believe it or not, the actual record for qualifying a two and a half mile course in Tri-Cities happened in 1999. That was 21 years ago. Any guesses on who did that? He's a current driver in the sport. Of course, it was Dave Vilwak and the Miss Budweiser. And he did this at a blistering pace. This is a pace that we will never see again in H1 Unlimited. Due mainly to the fuel restrictions, which are, are granted, they're needed. We need to preserve the engines. We need to not over-rev them, not, not damage them if we can. But he went 170 miles per hour. So 22 years ago, Dave Vilwak went 170 in qualifying. Man, that's fast. I would love to see 170 mile an hour lap again. Unfortunately, this weekend, we will not see that. Last time we raced there in 2019, Home Street Bank was a top qualifier with Jimmy Shane in that brand new boat. They were only able to do 154.513 miles per hour which is 16 miles an hour off the qualifying record. But that was the fastest for the last time that we, that we raced there in Tri-Cities in 2019. And this season, I think we're going to see some faster speeds. It won't approach that 170, but I think we might be able to see a lap of 160. I'm hoping that for the first time this season, we'll see a 160 mile an hour lap. In preseason testing back a, f- a few months ago, the U8 Strong Racing laid down the fastest lap 
in that testing day. They did a lap of 159.546 miles per hour, only half a mile an hour off of 160. I think with that time that they've done on that haul this year, the crew has been able to learn that haul a little bit more. J. Michael's gotten a little bit more seat time. Hopefully he can give some more feedback. And I think that we will see that team hit the 160 mile an hour mark. I wouldn't be surprised if we see two, two teams hit that mark, but my guess and my prediction is that this weekend we will see the U8 Strong Racing be our top qualifier, and they will hit a touch over 160. I'm really hopeful to see that because we have not seen a lap in testing or qualifying of over 160 miles an hour yet, so I'm hoping that this weekend we will see that happen. Well, with our e-boat field, you know we have some talent in there, but we also have a lot of experience. Four of the eight drivers have won on the Columbia River before. Andrew Tate won a few years ago with one win. He has got one win in the Tri-Cities. Next on our list is J. Michael Kelly, who's won uh, the last couple of years. He's won over there. Uh, so he has two victories in the Tri-Cities. Jimmy Shane, he has four victories in the Tri-Cities. And our top leader of wins in the Tri-Cities Dave Vilwak. Now, he hasn't won there in a while. The last win he had was 10 years ago in the Spirit of Guitar. Back in 2011, he won there. But he has won eight times the Columbia Cup. I know he enjoys that course. It's a great racing course. He's done well on it. And he's got some great experience. So I expect him to really be prepared for this race. In my mind, it's going to come down to two boats for the win and i'm going to give you my prediction on those two boats but i have to say that vilwak i think with his experience on different courses i think this is his best place to race he's he's shown it with his eight victories but he just always looks good on the columbia river he really understands the nuances of that river the subtleties of that first corner with the roughness there but he can fly the boat really get those speeds up there without being too dangerous so I really expect him to be one of those two drivers and teams that are going to be contesting for the win this weekend. I almost I I I want to say that he's going to win. I feel like Vilwak is going to get his 68th win this weekend. I feel like the team's gotten the boat together and they're really on the cusp of winning, but there is one other team that I think if their boat is in the final heat and not damaged, that they are not going to be touched. Do you have any guesses who that's going to be? I think you know who it is. I'm talking about J. Michael Kelly in the U8 Miss Tri-Cities. They looked strong running on the Columbia a couple months ago, and they've looked strong ever since. Unfortunately, because of the damage that occurred to them in the third round last race in the Gold Cup, they could not compete in the final heat. It would have been interesting to see them in the final, but they weren't. I know that they're ready for this weekend. They've got everything fixed, and they're good to go. And I I just think that J. Michael Kelly, with that eight, they've got that boat cooking fast that they are going to win. I'm predicting they're going to be a top qualifier of over 160 miles an hour, and they're going to come away the victor this weekend. And that would be such a popular victory in the Tri-Cities because that's their hometown team. 
the eight and the nine. Daryl Strong has come on this this season with two entries, and he's really making his name heard. They won the first race, but they are the hometown Tri-Cities team. He's from Tri-Cities, and he wants the Tri-Cities represented on the circuit, which he's doing in a big manner. If they are able to make it happen, well, which I think they are going to win, that the Tri-Cities, they're going to, it's going to be a, a party on Sunday night <laughs> when the Tri-Cities wins their own race, which hasn't happened before. No boat with a Miss Tri-Cities name has won the Columbia Cup, but that's going to happen this year. Well, fans, my predictions this year, I'm one for two. I predicted the Gold Cup winner. I predicted that Jimmy Shane was going to win and the Goodman presents Miss Home Street Bank, but I did not predict the first race correctly. I predicted a different victor, which did not happen. But you as fans have predicted both of the, both of the races. So I want to hear from you. You're going to see that that emoji voting picture on social media. I want to hear who you think is going to win this weekend. If your predictions match mine or if it'll be different this weekend. But so far, the fan voters have voted the uh, and predicted correctly the first two victories of H1 Unlimited Racing Season this year. Uh, and I'm one for two. It'll be interesting to see how this weekend plays out. Well, if you're over there and you see me in the fa- in the in the crowd, say hi, and love to meet you, all the fans. I've been having fun talking with you on social media and through emails. But it's always fun to meet you in person. I'm excited to be at a race in person. This is gonna be the first race in person since COVID. So, if you see me in the crowd, if you see me walking down the beach, feel free to say hi. Love meeting my fans. But Enjoy this weekend, and if you're not there, make sure you're watching on YouTube because H1 Unlimited will be streaming again on YouTube. Well, that's all I have for my prediction episode of the Columbia Cup this weekend. Once again, if you can't be in person, make sure you watch and support H1 Unlimited on their YouTube channel because they will live stream the race this weekend. I do want to mention on next Tuesday, I will not have a recap of the Columbia Cup due to travel and timing constraints. I will be going to an interview I had with Eric Corning, the president and CEO of Seafair. We dive in and talk about Seafair, the decision to not have a race this year, and you'll get to hear his interview next Tuesday. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.